He's Mike. I'm Christian. This is two PTs and a bag of chips. Jimmer's away, so we've got Mike filling in today. Mike's a PT buddy of mine. We went to CU together a couple years ago. He is an adolescent sports med physical therapist. So he's the perfect guy to talk about our topic today, which is going to be Osgood Slaughters and Syndig Larson Johansson disease. We're also going to review Keo's Shamrock and Sour Cream Irish Potato Crisps. Let's do it. Mike, super excited to have you here, man. Thank you very much for filling in. We appreciate that. Thanks for having me here. Excited to be a part of the podcast today. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be incredible. Incredible. But Sindig Larson Johansson disease, pretty rare. Don't hear about it much. Oshkut slaughters, much more common. The one thing I would say about both of them is basically pain in the front of your knee in young adolescents. Yeah, uh, in my practice, we see it quite often. Uh, pretty common with um, just typically people call it growing pains, and essentially it is, uh, you know, correlated to growing, but at the same time, um, yeah, they're both uh, apophysitis. Uh, apophysitis is essentially where bone is irritated. Uh, this occurs particularly in the immature skeleton. So when kids, generally speaking, are going through a growth spurt when this kind of growing pain situa- situation happens. And that's how we get to the growing pain name in most cases. Oscar slaughter is much more common. Tibial tuberosity, so it's kind of in the front of the shin. Sindig Larson Johansson, not nearly as common, and that occurs at the inferior patellar pole, which is kind of the bottom of the kneecap there. Yeah, what we'll see a lot with our kids is that um, they'll be super tender to the touch in those two different spots, and when they are, it's pretty easy to pick up that that's the source of their pain. It's usually the, you'll push right on that bony part, and, and it causes their pain, and they're like, yep, that's it, and that's a pretty quick way to figure out that that's part of the equation of why they're having knee pain. Yeah, in most cases, you're not going to need any kind of x-ray or, or MRI or any of that sort of stuff. I mean, in almost every case, they're really tender. Or in a lot of cases, you'll even start to see some, some bone changes or just tenderness kind of specifically on that part of the bone. Uh, and it may change a little bit more over time. In all cases, uh, this isn't a life-threatening or, or sports kind of ending injury at all. It's something that tends to kind of flare up and go away in most cases. Uh, rarely do we see a comeback uh, during like a growth spurt later, but that does happen. Uh, similar to this, we talked about Severs disease, which is essentially the same maneuver happening uh, at the heel. Uh, so check out that podcast from a little while back if you're having the same sort of experience, but in your heel. In general, I mean, these kids are all active. They're all running. They're all jumping. And that's what tr- kind of triggers the the, the symptoms to pop up. Um, nowadays, pretty much as common in boys as it is in girls. Uh, it used to be much more common in boys just because boys were playing sports and girls weren't playing sports as much. Uh, but that has changed considerably, and uh, it's pretty much even now, uh, especially around. I mean, in our clinic, at least, pretty even. You're probably seeing about the same thing, I would guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll see uh, quite a few young women and men with that uh, disease quote-unquote disease, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's it's self-limiting for the most part. I think we typically tell kids to go and do whatever activities they're capable of without increasing any sort of pain. Uh, if they do start to increase their pain, we, uh, we just tell them to back off and use that time to rest, and then we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and go into some of the things that we use for, for uh, Treatment-wise, what we'll do is we'll take a look and see what kind of deficits the kiddos are dealing with, whether it's uh, 
lack of flexibility primarily in the front of their thigh with their quadricep muscles, their hip flexors, hamstrings can be tight, you know, they may have tight calves, which will, those things will influence the way that they move uh, with whatever activities they're participating in. Uh, one of the biggest common things that we see is uh, typically weak hips, and that's almost across the board with anyone who has uh, knee pain in the front of their knee. Just knee pain in general <laughs> is usually associated with weak hips. And we've discussed that several times, but, but certainly in this particular age bracket, we see something that that we refer to here as quad dominance. So they try to do everything with their quads. They're very, very strong in their quads. They're athletes. If they want to stabilize their knee with their quad, they want to run with their, their quad, they want to jump with their quad, they want to control everything with their quad. And basically what that just means is it's an overuse. I mean, this is another form of overuse injury. Uh, it just affects the bone as opposed to the patella tendon or, or, or some other kind of soft tissue structure. It's essentially a muscle, really, I mean, the muscle itself is pulling on that bone, that, that spot where the growth plate's still open. So what we'll like to describe to our kids is that one of my colleagues came up with this analogy, but think of an Oreo cookie. You've got the two black pieces with the white in the middle. The, you're essentially pulling one part of that cookie staying put, the other part of that, that black cookie is uh, getting pulled away from it, and that, that tension on there is what's causing that pain. It's a, it's a good way to think about it, and everyone loves Oreo cookies, so that certainly works. Uh, in most cases, symptom-wise, things that, that'll, that you'll start to notice either as a parent or, or a, as an individual is, is that there's usually more pain during an activity or, or following an activity. Uh, it tends to get a lot better with rest, so most people go through, a, you know, usually there's a period of playing an activity, resting for a couple days, playing the activity, resting. Um, you'll often see uh, limping, particularly following um, a sport, depending on the season, it'll be soccer and football or, or lacrosse is common. Uh, we, we don't see it as often in sports like skiing and ice hockey, but it does pop up from time to time. And that's because the movements are slightly different. I mean, running is for sure a big trigger and, and jumping. So sports that run and jump are, are much more common in these cases. Quad dominance, like we talked about, is something that we, we see in almost every single individual that, that presents with this. And that's a very, very common adolescent behavior, uh, particularly athletic adolescent behavior. And so those are the, the kinds of things we try to start to work away from. As Mike had addressed, I mean, proximal hip strength is, is certainly something that tends to be lacking, particularly with, with hip abduction. Uh, so the ability to prevent the knee from rolling inward. We'll see, generally speaking, uh, an inward collapse during loading almost across the board in these. It's really, really rare that you don't see that. Um, so that's something that we'll look at and that's something that will then work uh, again case by case but almost with everybody uh, to address and then to control that sort of stuff. Early treatment, I mean yes rest is good. We also go with just inflammation control stuff. If it feels better you know with some medication on board that's fine for a little period. Icing, all that sort of stuff is, is totally fine again to address pain. Uh, the more you can do comfortably, the better. Uh, then we definitely go into addressing weakness and, and shortness. So quad tightness, hamstring tightness, not as common, but definitely there. Hip flexor tightness, as Mike already mentioned, all these definitely things we, we work to address. Uh, the other thing we'll do in a lot of cases is something called uh, a chill pad strap or, or some kind of taping across the patella tendon. And what this does is essentially disperse forces across that area uh, so it's not all just getting either at the tibial tuberosity or at the inferior patella pole. We can kind of stretch it across, and that can really help reduce 
uh, pain and allow for better participation in, in either just therapy or also when they get back to sports and, and kind of help prevent that pain from coming back. Uh, so we use that with, with almost everybody to some extent, either early on just to get them comfortable, uh, and then some of these kids will, will tape themselves or start wearing a chill pad strap during during play for a period of time for the rest of the season or, or whatever. Yeah, and sometimes to address some of those tight muscles too, we'll, we'll do some dry needling, manual therapy, those type of things, have them foam roll at home a ton just because uh, sometimes it's a little more tolerable than just straight stretching. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of these kids don't warm up. You know, they just kind of get out there and start running around. And so uh, starting to work into a warm-up and starting to make that part of their regular pre-exercise regimen is certainly helpful. And then also uh, like a post-exercise cool-down period. A lot of kids are done and they just hop in the car and 30 minutes later they're home and they've just tightened up just sitting in that chair the whole way. So it's definitely something to, to work on holistically a little bit. Yeah, and I always tell people it's usually pretty easy to treat. You just have to be disciplined and follow through with the things that your therapist has recommended and typically it gets better pretty quick yeah in most cases we'll see significant reduction you know within three weeks or so i mean there's usually some kind of lingering discomfort for for a period of time but it's usually pretty darn manageable at that point and they only show up after playing an entire three or four game tournament weekend sort of situation but most people do a season or a half a season is about as long as it'll affect you depending on your specific sport and your specific schedule related to that sport. Certainly overuse is overuse, and that's something that we take into account. A lot of the times people will come in and are convinced they've got Oscar slaughters, but you can certainly see patellotendinitis, which is not as common in that age group, but certainly does happen. Uh, there's also fat pads in that area, one's known as Hoffa's disease, which is another kind of fun name, but that's your infrapatellar fat pad. Uh, that can be irritated specifically with trauma, I mean, mechanism of injury is interesting. If somebody reports that they got hit in the knee, my first thought is usually not Oscar Slaughters or Cindy Larson Johansson. It's usually some sort of bursitis or some sort of other situation there. Uh, you know, suspecting fractures is always a possibility with, with trauma. And then something called osteochondritis desiccans, which is pretty specific, which we won't talk about today, uh, can pop up from time to time. But uh, that requires some additional looking into so if you're getting treated for Oscar slaughters and you run into a situation where it's not getting better, then we may start looking into imaging. Yeah, tip. And the nice thing about uh, you know I, I work with so many kids that we actually end up getting uh, imaging pretty early on for a lot of these uh, kids with anterior knee pain just to rule out some of those weird fractures you might see or the osteochondritis desiccans that you mentioned. I got nothing else to mention about. Uh, Either one of these two guys today. I think we uh, start getting down on some chips. Uh, but first, it's trivia time. Oh. Yes. So last week's trivia question, what was the first country to use postcards? Nobody had any idea, really. No good guesses this week. This week. So the first country was Austria. In uh, 1869, the Austrian-Hungarian government... Uh, started printing postcards. So these were the first cards that had pre-printed postage on them. Uh, they basically were brought into existence by a man by, by the name of Dr. Emanuel Herman. I thought it said Australia, so I, I just learned something new for sure. <laughs> All right, this week's question. Uh, everyone's probably watching The Last Dance. Pretty solid documentary going on right now. But the question is, which numbers did Michael Jordan wear as a member of the Chicago Bulls? 
Could be easy. Could be hard. Who knows? It's a question. It's a question. Yep. Now we're at chip time. So we've got the Kios Shamrock and Sour Cream. These are compliments of Kate. Chip to air ratio on these are 40%. That's the bag says. Delicious Irish potato crisps, hand cooked on the family farm. It's like she knew I was coming in for this. She's like she knew. Yeah, all right. All right, man, down the hatch. Pretty thick chip we got here. There's more of like a dusting on the outside of these guys. I'm not sure what flavor shamrock is. Do you know what flavor that is? No. Typically mint if you go to McDonald's. Yeah, that's a good call. Shamrock shake is a mint. Flavor is really good. These are pretty sour, creamy, and oniony, I think. I'm usually not a big fan of sour, cream and onion, but these are good. These are better. The chip's not as crispy as you'd think for how thick it is. It's kind of a thicker, softer chip. Kind of Lay's-like. Yeah, but like a thicker Lay's. But like better, a, but better. It's like a double Lay's here. Yeah, it's like a upscale Lay's. Upscale Lay's. That's, mm. that's a good way of putting that. Yeah. A little black dots on there, which must be the shamrock. I wonder if it's legit shamrock. <laughs> powdered shamrock. Some powdered shamrock. Uh, we got milk powder, sugar, whey, onion, garlic, cheddar cheese. Uh, there is shamrock extract. Mm. Okay. All right. So it is actual shamrock in there, I guess. It's not... I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely compare it mostly to a sour cream and onion flavor. Yeah, it's, it's a better version. It's a, it's a subtle onion, more cheesy. Mm-hmm. That's the flavor I mm -hmm. go with. Mm -hmm. For me, decidedly one thumb. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it two. You're going two. I'm All going right. two. Mike with the two thumbs. Excellent work there, Mike. Mike, just want to say thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate you sharing your expertise in the adolescent injuries of Oshkid Slaughter's and Cindy Larson Johansson disease. Next week, Jimmer will be back, and we will be going over pectoral injuries, which we thought we were going to do this week. And we will review the El Villar Hemon chip. Sounds fancy. Yeah, yeah, that should be exciting. If you like today's episode, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you're looking for information on either Oscar Slaughter or Cindy Larson Johansson, please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. We will be posting a bunch of stuff throughout this week. Uh, if you're looking for more information on rebound therapy, go to the website, reboundclinic.com. Thanks again, Mike. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Christian, and uh, thanks for listening.